It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It's episode number 416. It is an Articles of News, and it's just me and seemingly my best friend, Brother just Kyle. Just me. No, just me. No, listen. You are, uh, you, I speak to you more than any other man friend I have. That doesn't surprise me. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that, that's not saying very much. <laughs> no, sure, sure, but more than any other man friend, so... You're going to have to claim to be my best friend based on time duration only. Okay, then I'm going to need you to do some stuff for me. Okay, like what? Like what are your best friend uh, requirements? I haven't, had a, need to, I haven't had a best friend in a while, so I need to know. I'm going to need to title a couple cars in your name temporarily. Okay, like how temporarily? Like just till you get the title, then that's it. Okay, all right, all right, I can do that. Is that is there any danger that that would ding my credit score? Nope, none. Okay. No. Nope. Uh, is there any thought that people who actually own those cars might be coming for me? Probably not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do I have do I have to park those cars or even see nope. or touch those cars? No. Nope. Okay. Nothing at all. Okay. Nope. And now, ever uh, heard of money laundering? Sure, sure. It's similar to that. Okay. All right. I, I'm not sure how it works, but I trust you, best friend. All right. Exactly, because we're best friends. Yeah. Yeah. You should do anything I, are, I need from you. Are you in my ward? Because certainly I should be able to trust you then. <laughs> well, I'll just make sure that you can see my garments over the top of my shirt, and uh, then... <laughs> isn't that every Utah Ponzi scheme background story ever? How are you, Brother Kyle? Yeah. I'm doing all right. Yeah, you making yeah. it? You see, how's your skin? How's COVID? Uh, skin's okay, actually. Everything Good. is cleared up. Good. Good. How's your eyeball? You were going blind for a while. We haven't checked in on that for a while. Oh, that's forever ago. It's it's still just as terrible as ever. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What if, else? If you want to sneak up on me, come at me from the left side. Yeah, my Take wife. A swing at me. I'll never see it. Yeah, yeah, my wife is on the right side. That's how I sneak up on her. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's the right. She actually edits this, and now I'm going to feel really bad if it's the left. But I'm, I, yeah, sorry, babe. I know you'll hear this. It's the right, right? Help me. Choose the right, right? That's how I, again, I don't know. Uh, anything else going on? No, I just got back from a little holiday. Yeah? And, uh, yeah, actually I had some time off of work for two days. <laughs> They're like, we could give you a whole week, but we're not going to take two days. Where'd you go? Yeah, uh, we just went to Moab. To do, we we go every uh, year after my son's out of school. Uh-huh. Um, so we go down and play there for a while. So, yeah, that that was that was it. Maybe our last trip doing that. You I know, because he, he's getting old. Well, he and he just graduated from the high school. You could, yeah. you couldn't do something better than a two day trip to Moab. Nope, okay. that's it. He, okay. he got a new bike. Okay, and that's like a new car when you get into the biking like you guys do. Yeah, yeah. yeah Price wise, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. His uh, he, he did call me. So he called me yesterday, and asked if he could use my trailer. I have a trailer. Mm-hmm. Like I said, a, sure. Like a bike trailer? No, it's like a uh, a pole trailer. Basically, an anything trailer. It's okay. like a flatbed trailer. Okay. Not really big, but you can carry like if you want to put a couple four wheelers on it, or sure. I use it to you know take stuff to the dump. Can, could um, you, could you put a razor on it? Could it, could I get a razor up there? Well, no, because here's how I found that out. So he, he <laughs> says I I got some stuff I got to take to the dump. So I said, okay, that's fine. And I said, I got a couple things on it. Is that fine? You just want to pile your stuff on? He said, yeah, yeah, I'll just take it. Wait, wait a second. Your kid is 18 years old. What does he have that he has to take to the dump? Well, he got, so he called me this morning and said, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to pick that up. You have a ball for it, two inch ball. He said, yeah, I got a couple of them here. Mm -hmm. So he says, well, okay. Did you guys, wait, did you guys both then call the uh, bowling alley and ask them if they had two 16 pound balls and then giggle? I didn't try that one. No, okay. it sounded like I he was setting you up for a for a joke. Sorry, <laughs> couldn't let it pass. So he, so he said, "Well, you know, one other thing we're doing, um, uh, you know, mom's been talking about this for a while. Last year, I wanted to get a jet ski, and uh, so uh, we bought a razor." So mm. oh, okay, mm. I'm glad I could buy that for you guys. <laughs> I can't wait to drive it up, up the canyon. Uh, okay. So and it's funny because as he was saying that I was actually uh, Venmoing her 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 allotment of money sure. she gets every month from me. But it's at, not at it's got it's got to not be child support though anymore, right? Because he's almost Correct. done. He's aged yep. out. 
Yeah, he's aged out, so it's just hers now. Yeah, yeah. And how much longer are we doing that for? Uh, let's see. It was in 2010 when that happened. So uh, I got seven more years. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> Good so for her. What let that sw- be a lesson to you, kids. When you get married, try and get out of the marriage after about three years. Yeah, if you know it's done, right? No, no, regardless. No. Just get out after three and then start again. Do another one. <laughs> the worst marital advice ever. <laughs> well, okay, seven more years. So you're past the hump. So they buy yeah. a razor. You buy a razor. Sorry. Yeah, so so he he gets my thing. And he, and he has to get in their in their garage is too much stuff. So they have a bunch of like useful stuff that I would like to have mm-hmm. uh, that they're just going to take to the dump. Mm-hmm. And so he does he does that so they can have room for the razor in with their two BMWs. Yeah, sure. So he and this is none of this is a joke, by the way. This is all real. Oh no, it's I like know. The, oh, I know. Yeah, they're they're two BMWs and and the that I buy that I bought and and so they get the curio and the and the uh, dresser and everything really nice. Instead of going to the DI, they take it to the dump. And then after the dump, he goes with his buddy, and they're going to go at the razor and come to find out the razor is four inches too wide mm. on my trailer. Mm. We just found this out about an hour ago. So he's bummed because now he's going to have to, you know, what do I, I got to get another trailer to borrow, and then what am I going to do if I want to take it somewhere? And he was just planning on using my trailer, which yeah. is fine. Yeah, well. But now his poor, him and his poor mother, what will they, how will they get around their, their nice new razor? Well, I mean, you've got another payment due in a month's time. So they'll just that, that would pay for a trailer literally. Yeah, would be about exactly. Yeah, so, so that so that's what they'll do. Don't worry, don't worry for them. You'll buy them a trailer. All right, I'll stop worrying. You're right. <laughs> I'll get them a trailer. <laughs> oh, that's funny and and all real. By the way, everyone listening, like you pointed out, there's not a, nothing a, here is exaggerated. <laughs> this is all completely real. There is not a bit of that that is falsified. How is Moab? <laughs> Well, and if you'd think that like I'm I'm like bitter that they got a razor, I'm actually not. I'm at the point where I'm like, cool, he's got something to do for a little bit. I I think they probably didn't need to get one right now. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll drive around for a year, but um, it's fine. Sure, care. fine. And, now and, drive around for a year because we think he's mission bound. No, because with with school and and stuff, I just think he'll get busy. And you know, he's talking about going, staying up at you know, where he's going to school or mm-hmm. he got a scholarship. Mm-hmm. Um, so he won't be around as much. So I, you know, I just don't know how much time he'll ride it after this summer. Now, now for longtime listeners of the cultural hall, uh, do you think that I'll be able to talk him into going on a six week mission? Mm, I'd maybe hit him up in about a year. Okay. See how okay. he's feeling okay. then. Okay. Worth a shot. Let him know that uncle Richie's coming for him. <laughs> Uh, I will. You you can just text him. You got his number. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Yeah, because I mean, me and uh, Kyle's kid. We, I mean, we. If I had, if I didn't have a best friend in Kyle, uh, the second, the second most frequented uh, gentleman whom I talk to is uh, your son. Um, which, just to be clear about, you know, how many friends I have in real life, I have texted your son one time. So <laughs> there's you, who we talk on this <laughs> weekly. And then your, your son, who I've texted one time. Uh, I mentioned, though, you went to Moab. Uh, how was that? That's sort of a first adventure uh, mid to close of pandemic. For people who don't know, Moab's outside of Salt Lake, about three or four hours. Um, fairly remote, but a town that's completely based on, um, you know, people traveling, tourism. So how how yeah, what, is, how was it, it and how was the city? based on uh, mountain biking and off-roading, like... Uh, in dune buggies and and beefed up you know jeeps and stuff like that so so it's an interesting place to go it's kind of like uh a little visit to a mad max world with the vehicles that you see driving around because they're 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 some crazy stuff Uh, and it was we had a great time it was a little less crowded than normal Mm. and the the, from what i see there when i went to the store i think we went once um we didn't go out we went down to the stores downtown just to look around a little bit more people there probably wearing masks and and social distancing than uh, any any place I've been really. Really, yeah. So I find it completely different, and it uh, it just strikes me probably people's politics or just whether they care or not, right? So I live right in the capital city of Salt Lake, and when I go to the Smiths right by my house, everyone, yeah. everyone, and we cooperatively stink eye the one guy who doesn't think that he should be wearing one. 
But I work in Utah County, and if I ever, which is where Provo, Orem, you know, the the hub, the most conservative county in these United States, when I go down there and I look around, not a soul wearing yeah. a mask, not a single individual. So I guess Moab, because it's a little, it's a little bit liberal. It's a you know, your conservative folks there, a lot of environmentalists or environmentally conscious. You know, if we can. If we can make sweeping statements, probably more, you know, liberal, democratic leaning people there in Moab. So that, it, I guess it, it, it makes sense. It is the height Ashbury of Utah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really is. It is hippie town. Huh. People go to just to escape the man, man. That's all they're yeah. doing. They live there in weird places and shacks along the mountain. Uh, it, it's an interesting. Cra- but then you get all the tourists and they hate the tourists, but they all work for them because it's how they make a living. So it's a. A, a, a strange dynamic there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And nothing to do after 8 p.m. in that town. But we digress. We digress. Um, they they did have while we were there. One night we were leaving a, a trail that we drove to, and we, we couldn't turn right into town, which we didn't need to. We turned left, but we thought, I wonder if there's an accident. The street's all blocked off. And huh. come to find out they had a, a, a BLM, which is not Bureau of Land Management, which yeah. it took me some time to figure out, by the way. <laughs> and, and that's not a joke. Yeah. Because that's the proper term. BLM is for Bureau of Land Management. We won't get into it. Yeah. But a Black Lives Matter march, I guess they had about 200 people down the main street of Moab, their own little one on a Friday evening. It's interesting. And maybe it shows to my ignorance because I thought the same thing as well at very first. I don't know that it took me that long. Yeah. But but, I mean, we have protests here in the state of Utah against the Bureau of Land Management frequently. Frequently. And so I was like, well, what did we do now? Is this the Bundys? Is Ammon and Cliven taken to the street again? And then I was like, oh, oh no. No, we won't be finding Ammon and Cliven Bundy in these marches at all. So, uh, well, I'm good. I'm glad you got a, a break from work. And now I'm sure today you're working a 14, 15 hour day and taking time out to do these articles of news. So I appreciate it. Yeah. So I have to tell you uh, this. Uh, it was my birthday this last Saturday, June the 13th. Uh, it oh, was, wow. Yeah, yeah, my birthday all day long. All day long. Wow, yep. well, happy birthday. Well, thank Sorry you very much. That's yeah, fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. I... Since you're, since we're best friends, since, as I thought about it, you are the guy, actually, that I communicate with the male the most. Yeah, well, no, I figured uh, it's, I, it's why I was a little disappointed I didn't hear from you uh, on my birthday. I mean, this was one of those significant birthdays that ended in a zero. So, uh, you know, I mean, I thought at least every decade you'd reach out and tell me happy birthday actually on the day. Uh, but fine. No big deal. No big deal. No big hey, deal. When my, I just had a birthday that ended on a zero and I got zilch from you. Well, but I dramatically discounted your kid's prom so back off that's true that's true we hadn't even talked about that yeah, whole thing yeah you know we should real quick that was that was sort of a fun time i don't have anything more than it was my birthday and then also to tease this the uh interview that takes place this friday as part of the cultural hall is the interview that move has moved me the most than any other cultural hall episode ever and I'm not. That's not being uh, exaggerative. It's not being hyperbolic. It is a hundred percent true. I almost cried in the middle of this interview. Really? Mm-hmm. So who was it? What was it? His name's Joseph Freeman Jr. You don't know who it is, do you? No. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you who it is. You can Google it, and I think most people listening to this will. Maybe some people will recognize the name, but I don't want to spoil it for the announcement that's in that. Only to say. It was unreal, the feelings that I felt during that interview. So that's this Friday is when I'll publish that. It's episode 417. Oh, I see that it is. He's 67 years of age. Yes, he is. You did the math from his birth to his date. It actually probably says that on where you're it looking. It says it right yeah, on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But a great, a great interview and honestly a nicer gentleman uh, you will never hear uh, on the cultural hall because there isn't any nicer. They do not make them nicer. A great interview. Did I tease that enough? You can also find uh, the Cultural Hall back row on um, Facebook. Find us there. You can hear some chatter there. And if you're a Patreon saint of the Cultural Hall, you have already been uh, given the opportunity to hear this Friday's episode. So 
Uh, make sure that you go to patreon.com slash the cultural hall, make a pledge and become a Patreon saint. You get to be a part of that secret, but not sacred Facebook group. You want to talk prom and then we take a break for a second. Sure. All right. Well, let's do it. We, we got only a couple minutes because uh, coming up in the third block of this episode of articles of news, we talk with Nate Eaton from East Idaho news, all about the latest developments in the Daybell case. And oh my it's, gosh. It, uh, glad i won't be here for that segment yes i will yeah it was i'll listen later but yeah yeah. it was it has been hard to follow that so that's coming up in the third block talk prom let's do it yeah and i didn't know if you wanted to because it it, maybe it's socially unacceptable but my my son as part of his his last year senior year he doesn't get a graduation really he doesn't get a prom and so i we'd been talking about and he had a group he was going to prom with with uh, five couples, uh, you know, like four or five of his buddies all had dates. Um, and I, I said, why don't we put one together? Cause I had a friend of mine with a warehouse, with like a bunch of space I said, maybe we could put one together. We could get some dinner, bring it in there. Um, I know a guy who's a DJ mm-hmm. and we could maybe talk to him, see if he's, you know, okay doing that. And we, we could have a prom, you could have dinner dancing there. And so called Richie, hired him uh put this thing together kind of quickly and uh we had a little prom for this group and and richie spinning the hits yeah <laughs> it, it was it was a good time i'm trying to i just went uh to bestdjinutah.com which is this is so self-serving ps but i wanted to find uh your your review because i thought it was funny um kyle when he reviewed me he said I hired Richie almost re- reluctantly. Why would I hire someone to do what I could do myself? Well, I dodged a bullet there, and I'm so glad that we did. It's a lot more than putting together a playlist on your iPhone and hitting play. He kept our party high energy and fun the whole time. I'd hire him again in a heartbeat. No regrets at all on this decision. It really made the whole night, and he did an awesome job. Don't skimp, says Kyle. Trust me. And I appreciated it. There were some funny moments uh, from that night, though, that I think are worth mentioning. But what? See, so I, when you were playing the music, I didn't want to be like a chaperone in there with the kids. So I, I'd left. I was in another area of the warehouse having dinner and hanging out. But so, so yeah. How did it go? It's, so, it, I was told it was really good. They had a good time. Yeah. So they had sent me a, a couple of like you have to play this song, uh, type songs in, in advance, and well. Just like any uh, older person says to any younger person, you, the the music this, these days just sucks. It's just <laughs> awful. You know, hard yeah. hard to dance to, miserable melodies. Some of it, not all of it, obviously. There's some great stuff that's come out. Um, there was one kid, not yours. Which P.S. Here is here was the interesting thing. When you think of what you uh, sort of take the personality of Kyle, and you think, oh, what would that be embodied in a kid? If you don't know Kyle's kid, I think on my mind, I I think that your kid is a little bit like rebellious, maybe, or like moody, certainly, whatever those things may be. Well, your kid is like the like the nicest, kindest, cleanest cut kid that was there of all of it. His date also, you know, very kind and respectful and just, you know, they just were this nice, you know, what I wouldn't picture a high school a uh, couple, you know, they're not, I don't know that they're dating or whatever, but I mean, at this prom sort of couple. And then there's this kid who like the music starts, takes his shirt off. He didn't have a shirt on the whole entire time. Just, you know, uh, all over the place, bouncing around and, you know, throwing hands and fists and elbows the whole night. And uh, two girls, and I don't blame them at all, uh, about 45 minutes into the dance, they're like, listen, I've got a pair of like loungy pants and a hoodie in the other room. I'm just going to go ahead and, and change into this. And, you know, they, you can tell it's this group of friends that has just this super eclectic uh, sense of music. And, and, you know, everybody, I think, had a good time. And then you guys make me pick a prom king and a prom queen. And I'm like, what? I don't, yeah. I don't, what? Okay, <laughs> you. Do you want to be prom king? I asked one kid and he's like, no. And I'm like, all right, I'm not doing this all night. You're the prom king. You're the prom queen. Congratulations. You guys are the, you know, get a picture. They weren't the dates with each other. 
Uh, and then at the end of the evening, and you don't know this, at the end of the evening, I had not eaten before I got there. And uh, in true poor hostmanship and the worst best friend I've ever had, Brother Kyle, you didn't offer me any food from the food room. I didn't. So no, I, I didn't know you hadn't eaten. So, so I pack up uh, all the stuff. I load the car. And on the way out, when everyone sort of stepped away and is taking pictures or doing something in the other part of this warehouse, I grab fistfuls of the leftovers from oh, <laughs> from the room. And the just, Indian food? Yeah, yeah, Indian food. I was grabbing, you know, <laughs> things of naan and like handfuls yeah. of jasmine rice and just <laughs> shoving them in my face, <laughs> hoping that I wouldn't get caught. Never did. Went home and, and just had a good time. It was fun to be able to be with you. And with your yeah, kid. They really did. My, my son told me he would, he would have told me like, oh, it was okay or something. But he said, no, we, the whole night was a lot of fun. So, so thank you. Yeah. It, it really was cool. Well, I'm, I was, I was grateful to do it. Uh, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll do some actual articles of news. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. As we make our way back from uh, that brief commercial break, I want to remind everyone about Kimura Tours, that we at the Cultural Hall are joining forces with them again. Obviously, the coronavirus pandemic struck that down for 2020. Uh, the Kimura pageant happening again next year. I'm going to be there. I've never seen it before. It is a bucket list item for me. If you would like to be a part of the Cultural Hall and Leading Saints uh, Kimura Tour, you can go to KimuraTour.org and look for the little logo of the Cultural Hall, the one of the Leading Saints. That's another podcast with their friend Kurt Frankham. Uh, you can click on that and buy into that tour. It's next summer, July the 6th through the 15th. We would love to have you join with us. Uh, all the prices are based on quad occupancy. Actually, I think it's dual occupancy. You and another guest, uh, you can go uh, just as a single person if you would like, but you're going to get partnered up with somebody else. Make sure that you check that out. It's going to be an opportunity to not only be able to see great church history sites, but be able to spend some time with other people who love the cultural hall. And we're going to do some episodes from out on the road. Let's do some articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. Uh, this first story, if you've not seen the visual yet, Kyle and or other folks, uh, we posted it on the Cultural Hall's Instagram uh, the other day, the picture of the Tucson Temple. There is a wildfire burning almost immediately behind it. Now, no damage as of the recording of this to the temple itself. It was only on pre-evac notice, uh, which is actually pretty good timing if you're going to have a timing when uh, a temple is going to be pre-evacuated because there's nobody there. That temple has only been open for those um, those live ceiling uh, opportunities like most temples. So uh, check out the pictures. They're stunning, uh, stunningly beautiful and stunningly scary. Uh, but, you know, they'll they'll get that under control down there in Tucson. Um, it's also worth noting, if you go to the link at theculturalhall.com, we've continued to open up more temples. Now, more than 50% of the temples open, again, for only those uh, live uh, sessions, not endowment. I think I might have just said endowment, but live marriage where both parties are already endowed sessions. That's the phase that we're in right now, and and uh, that's that's temple update. Uh, Kyle, what do you got? Uh, so missionaries now you got to watch for them you could always spot them in a, in a white shirt and tie with a name tag mm -hmm. now we're going to let them wear blue shirts and no ties now in, it, in some areas yeah and now it's not necessarily blue shirts and no ties it may be blue shirts and ties or no ties or on no a tie. white shirt yeah yeah so it's got to you got to watch out for them a little closer now but yeah so that's a change i did not see which areas it depends on the area uh, and their area leaders that decision will be made but yeah, you know how long it's been white tie. 
Well, I mean, I mean, look no further than uh, Book of Mormon, the musical, right? Like it is the standard uniform of dark pants, white shirt, black tag. Yeah. So now does that make you want to go for longer than six weeks, Kyle? Uh, you know, I look good in, in blue. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's helping. Do we think we could push it to eight since it looks good with your eyes? <laughs> uh, boy, I don't know about that. Oh, se- seven. Can we settle on seven? Let's keep it at six right now. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Okay. For now. The the pictures though, I I saw the pictures online. You can see again these linked uh, at theculturalhall.com in association with this episode, or you can go uh, to our Facebook page and scroll back. We always are posting the latest news. Uh, Facebook.com/slash/theculturalhall. Uh, it was the pictures that startled me. Not startled me. That's probably overspeaking. But I looked at it and I was like, wait a minute, what What am I not? Oh, hey, that's blue shirt and a tag or that's, you know, undone collared. Like that was what drew me to read the article. I don't know that I would have otherwise. It yeah. just sort of stopped me in my tracks. Yeah. You come on, seven, six and a half. Uh, all right. Six months and 10 days. Oh, boy. No, no, no six, six, six weeks and 10 hours. Uh, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. From from my mission, this was cool. I don't think that this existed um, before, and this is great. Um, An online tour of the Kirtland Temple. Have you ever been to the Kirtland Temple, Kyle? No. Now, it's not... Now, doing this online is obviously um, not the same as going in person, I mean, for obvious reasons, but I think there's also a feeling that you can get from maybe being there and walking walking where the early saints were. But because people aren't traveling, uh, the Kirtland Temple, which is owned by the uh, Community of Christ, which is used to be the Reorganized Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, they've moved this online, and they do it every day at the same time, which leads me to believe that if you're online at 2 p.m. Eastern as part of this tour, like they're speaking specifically to the people that are in that tour. So if you're like, hey, what about this? Or can you show me that as they kind of tour around the Kirtland Temple? I think it can be specified to the people mm. that are there in the tour. There's a, oh, really? Yeah, there's a 3D virtual tour. I think that's just available. You can check it out anytime. Then there's the general tour, and you can do basement to bell tower tour. And I just, what a what a cool opportunity um, that people have. I hope that if they didn't have it before, that they're going to keep it around. I think it's a great opportunity for people to um, check it out from all over. If you're never going to get to northeastern Ohio, uh, a great way to be ex- able to experience that early, uh, early, early. I'm going to say it one more time: early temple of the church. And and they do cost. They do charge you. It's ten bucks per screen, so uh, you can gather a hundred people on your screen if you're a cheapskate. Um, but it's 10 bucks per person, essentially, per screen. So you can check that out. There's a link for that in the culturalhall.com uh, association with this episode. What else you got? Mm. Uh, so Heavenly Mother is getting a little more notice okay. nowadays. Okay. Um, it's interesting because it, so, so there's a, a six-paragraph entry about Heavenly Mother in, in, the, in the Gospel Topics essays. Mm-hmm. So it's like the shortest one. Yep. But there are a couple new books out about it. There's a girl's guide to Heavenly Mother and a boy's guide to Heavenly Mother um, that they wrote. And because growing up, and it mentions this in here, there, there, it was all people are like, is it something too sacred we shouldn't talk about, or do we not know anything about it? Right. Um, and they had they said they came up, actually had a lot of information they found with quotes and uh, from prophets, things like that. They even have illustrations, which I haven't seen uh, in these books about Heavenly Mother. Interesting. Like is she is she and I, I I just am curious. Like, do they depict her as a as a much longer haired heavenly mother or shorter or yeah, or like I, an a frame cut maybe from the nineties in West yeah, Valley? Yeah. I don't know. Because <laughs> she's just like us. That's why we don't talk about her, Kyle. Because you make jokes <laughs> and then people get uncomfortable. Oh shoot! See? Uh, but and I'd actually like I couldn't find the illustrations. I was going to wonder if I can find these books, but. Uh, yeah, it's interesting because when I was a kid, she was never, ever, hardly ever, about. hardly ever, right? Yeah, and and so uh, I kind of had that same feeling: is that something we're not supposed to do? Is always what I thought as a as a kid. Um, but uh, 
Yeah, now now uh, some more information out there about her. What does it mean? What does it mean for you? I mean, I guess kind of taking a serious tone for a second, like um, to to know. I mean, certainly we've always known it, but where we don't sort of speak about a heavenly mother. What does it mean to you to to be like, oh yeah, I've got I've got a mother in heaven. Uh, you know, it's honestly what growing up again since I I never even considered it because <laughs> I, you know when you're ten years old you don't. You, you always hear about Heavenly Father, right. but not Heavenly Mother. And then eventually it comes in and you, you don't hear much about it. So it's kind of out of out of mind. I, I would be curious. I'd like to see these books to see, because I don't know that much about what has been said about her as far as our context, what's been written by by modern day prophets um, and what, what we have other than this, you know, very brief uh, thing in, in the LDS site. But I, I honestly would like to know, and I'll, I'll probably try and look into this a little bit just so I, I can kind of know yeah. what, what we know or what's been, been taught about her. I, I know nothing. I don't know. I mean, we've done one or two interviews uh, about her. I want to say that we had Rachel, I think Steenbleck is her last name, uh, with the, the book Mother's Milk. Uh, I think it's a book of poetry about Hemley Mother. We've done one or two episodes. I'll make sure that I include, include those in the show links because those aren't going to be available uh, in the regular stream of things. And by the way, people that are trying, I know that there are several people who have just recently found the cultural hall and are trying to go back to the beginning. We're working on a, uh, on a website redevelopment. So you'll be able to get those episodes easier and working on a way that you'll be able to get all of the episodes, the backlog of episodes a little easier as well. So that's coming. That's part of what, uh, your Patreon dollars go to. Uh, but I'll make sure we include links to that in the show notes so people can hear those. I guess for me, the only thing about Mother in Heaven that I have really thought about is it's like, you know how sometimes there's stuff you talk to mom about that you don't talk to dad? Mm-hmm. I, 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 sort of, I, I sort of like that vision uh, of that. I've never been like, I've never prayed to Mother in Heaven, um, but I like knowing that if there's like this universal, like heavenly parents that understand me, that, you know, that maybe in in a in a some certain kind of way that you know that dad heavenly father gets me on on some level about some things and that you know mother in heaven is like yeah no i get you i get where you were at as far as that goes so hmm. that, that that's about as far as i've thought about it certainly i should spend some more time i'm sort of focused in that in in that direction and i think that that's why when people get really upset about mother in heaven is is you know she exists She's there. She loves us. And, and when we say things like, you know, oh, it's too sacred to talk about. I think that 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 silences our thoughts even about a mother in heaven. And so, yeah, so I, you know, I, I kinda... and I don't know why nothing's ever been said about she's too sacred. You don't talk about her. Right. Right. Um, but there... I guess just because we haven't. Well, and because someone one time said it, then we repeat it. <laughs> True. That's, yeah. that, that's how we roll. <laughs> um. I wanted to talk about this. Um, the uh, we t- we had talked, uh, I think, briefly on last week's articles of news: the murder of George Floyd, the protests across the nation. Um, we on that same weekend that protests began, we had that interview with Joanna Brooks about. Um, the Mormonism and white supremacy. If you've not gone and listened to that episode, make sure that you check that out. That should be easy, but I'll also provide a link to it in our show notes here. Um, I I haven't said too much about it. There's a couple news stories uh, surrounding it. One, there's a stake president uh, that was, if I'm, if I'm making the connection right, he was the uh, bishop that was featured in Meet the Mormons about a decade ago, a little less than a decade ago, and now he's the stake president, and he encouraged um, the congregations there in the Atlanta area, if people were willing, felt comfortable with the, the social distancing, etc., to go and to be a part of the protests peacefully, of course. Um, so, so that, and then uh, also we saw Mitt Romney, former presidential candidate, as far as I'm concerned, He's my president. He also uh, participated in the marches. Um, I think the ones in D.C. was subsequently mocked by the president for doing so. Um, But there have been lots of discussions then uh, about his dad, who was 
the governor of Michigan, who also would protest and um, and and much to the chagrin of the political party that uh, that he was a part of as well. George Romney, his father. So a lot of discussion around that. Um, as I discussed in that episode with Joanna Brooks, I don't feel really um, capable of being able to have a, 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 and, and nurture a really great discussion on race. I don't feel like that's in my wheelhouse. And the last thing that I want to do is uh, offend anyone. Um, but I did have this thought this week, um, sort of reading and rereading back um, the thoughts that President Nelson made on his Facebook page, and I think they shared it on uh, Instagram as well. Um, the the thing that, that has sort of resonated to me is he says very boldly um, the following. So I'll read that from him. It says, During the Savior's earthly mission, he constantly ministered to those who were excluded, marginalized, judged, overlooked, abused, and discounted. As his followers, can we do anything less? The answer is no, with an exclamation point, by the way. We believe in freedom, kindness, and fairness for all of God's children. And I'll read one more paragraph. He says, let us be clear. We are brothers and sisters, each of us, the child of a loving father in heaven and mother in heaven. His son, the Lord Jesus Christ, invites all to come unto him, black and white, bond and free, male and female, and it behooves each of us to do whatever we can in our spheres of influence to preserve the dignity and respect every son and daughter of God deserves. And the thing that struck me is that he says it behooves each of us to do whatever we can. And and I've thought about that. Each of us are in such different places. I mean, maybe some of us have had really difficult feelings uh, regarding race, uh, whether because of our upbringing or, you know, uh, those that we've surrounded ourselves with or those things that we choose to read and, and, and everything that's going on right now is really hard to reckon, to change, to have that change of heart. And, and to me, I think he, he says it well that we need to do whatever we can. So for some that will be protest, for some that will be, you know, in their, in their jobs, in their civil service, in in all of those things. Maybe they can enact some change there. But to others, it may just be that they, their sphere of influence is within themselves. And within themselves, they need to, to preserve the dignity and respect that every son and God daughter of God deserves. And so I don't want to get too preachy. I don't, I don't want to, uh, to do that, but I feel like, um, being able to look within ourselves is probably the biggest and hardest thing that each and every one of us can do. Cause I think the instant, the instantaneous response for us to be is like, well, I'm not like that. Well, I'm not like what I'm seeing on TV. Well, I'm not those people that this, and I think that it behooves us. Yeah. I use the big word to take a second and, and look within and, and be like, you know, how am I behaving? What do I do? What influence in my own sphere can I can I can I do? Can I enact? Can I change? Do I need to change and, and how can I do that? And for some it's education. For some it's actual action. I just think that it's important that we do something. Yeah. Uh all right. I have a quick one kind yeah, of please. along that same lines. Yes, uh, please. Melody Jackson, who was a BYU graduate, went on a mission to Brazil, member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, she's a, a, a she's putting together a group of members uh, and starting a letter writing campaign for Black Latter-day Saints to share their experiences with officials, uh, sending to President uh, Russell M. Nelson to ask the leaders to include anti-racism training in church mm. curriculum. Mm. Uh, and she's used the hashtag uh, Black Lives Matter to Christ to help gather these stories. It's it's not a negative thing. These are these are LDS members uh, to send their stories. They just they just want maybe some some teaching, some curriculum that's, along that line. Yeah, that's great. That is great. All right, we got two stories that we're going to do, and they are terrible. If uh, if you just want to keep it happy, um, f- fast forward for a couple minutes until you hear Brandon Flowers singing, because that's going to be our last story. Then we'll take a break. Then we'll do the Daybells, which is another crummy story 
but we talk with Nate Eaton from East Idaho News. Are you ready for this? Let's hear it. Do you want the one on my left or the one on my right first, Kyle? You left. Get, you get to pick how we do Let's this. See the left, you my want, right. You want, you want the left or your right? Okay, so I got to... Uh, okay, now you're my left, your right. My, my right, so I'm facing you, so okay, it would be your so, left. So house, left, my... <laughs> Wait, so stage right... No, okay, so if you're... The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is at the center of another lawsuit that claims that the institution could have prevented two young girls from being sexually assaulted. This from Santa, Santa Clara County. Uh, Joseph Neep, who is accused of sexually abusing two sisters referred to as Jane Doe and Jane Doe II. The sister reportedly met the man when they enrolled in a church-sponsored program. He was once the bishop of the San Jose Branham Ward in South San Jose. The lawsuit alleges that Jane Doe was sexually abused by then-Bishop Neep between 2009 and 2016 and that Jane Doe II was abused from 2012 to 2016. He is currently facing criminal charges for child sex abuse in the Santa Clara County Superior Court. The lawsuit names the church, uh, which oversees Branham Ward operations, stating that it had a duty to protect the young girls from sexual abuse by church leaders. It also stated that Neep or Nipe inappropriately groomed the girls on church property. The family was especially trusting of him because uh, they are taught that bishops are chosen by God to represent a ward, the lawsuit states. Quote, the church taught its members, including plaintiffs and their parents, that the bishop was chosen by God to represent the ward. In his actual or apparent authoritative capacity as the bishop of the ward, he repeatedly engaged in inappropriate grooming behavior with children during primary classes on and around ward events. He allowed small children to sit on his lap, according to the plaintiffs and other young children. Now, in either 2009 or 2010, the church was made aware that a Branham Ward parent complained that Nipe or Neep was stalking her and her children and filed a restraining order. As a result of that complaint, it is the understanding that the church excommunicated this man and removed him from his position as bishop, but didn't bother to tell church members. So he was still regarded, as we often do within the church, as bishop or father of the ward. Now, Channel 2, which is where the story linked at theculturalhall.com, got this from, has reached out to the church, and there's no comment further at this point. Now, here is the thing that is interesting. So the church, once they found out, they excommunicated him, which is the proper protocol. The catch, the, the grounds, I guess, of the lawsuit is that they did not declare that he had been excommunicated, one, and two, what he was excommunicated for, and so the issue then becomes, in what in this day and age do we tell people people are excommunicated? Do we do it for all excommunications like they did in the early days of the church? Some would argue yes, but as a person who was once upon a time excommunicated, I can tell you that the most embarrassing thing and what would have been really hard for me to come back to church from, which they say is the point of the excommunication be really hard for me to come back if they would have been if they would have said you know uh brother richard thomas stedman is excommunicated for you know uh, in, inappropriate sexual activity with his girlfriend right mm -hmm. like i i would have been like wait why we did we need to do all that now that isn't an argument for me to say that we should then hide uh, you know what this guy has done but it is a much larger discussion of if we're going to um, go back or if we need to and I would and I would argue in this case that you know that they're right that you know there some should have somehow been um, means necessary made to people knowing what he did but it's a delicate balance right privacy um, I'm sure there's church related privacy within it as well I think it sucks that it that it happened and that he took advantage of that position. And I have zero patience for that. But if we're going to go back to, you know, declaring what the grounds of excommunication were for, I think I think that's a very delicate ask of the church. Mm -hmm. Gross. Are you ready for one just as gross but different? All right. I guess so. All right, this one from Las Vegas, Nevada. You've been, haven't you? Yeah. They have bikes down there? Yeah. Yeah. 
A federal judge. I don't know. I just think you and I think if they've got a bike there, he's probably been there. Federal judge ruled that Stephen Parshall, one of the men that was accused in a terror plot to be carried out during the recent protests in Las Vegas following George Floyd's death, will remain in federal custody pending a trial. Federal prosecutors argued that if he was released, Parshall would be a risk to the community based upon his actions that ultimately led to his arrest. The defense argued that he wouldn't be a flight risk nor a risk to the community. Quote, As far as being a flight risk, he knows no other community but this one, meaning Las Vegas. He's got 10 siblings. He was born and raised in Las Vegas. He has a passport that's expired. And the only time, here you go, the only time that he's been out of the country, when do you think that was? I don't know. When he served his Mormon mission. And when, oh, okay. and when he was serving the country uh, in the Navy. Parshall was arrested with two others on May 30th and faces both federal and state terrorism-related charges, uh, including conspiracy to damage and destroy by fire and explosive, possession of unregistered firearms, uh, one account to assist, solicit, or conspire conspiracy to commit an act of terrorism, provide material use uh, uh, support for use in the commission of an act of terrorism, conspiracy to damage or destroy a building by means of explosives. Like this, it just, it goes on and on and on and on. It doesn't label that he's a part of a particular group that we've heard a bunch in the news. That's why I'm choosing not to mention that as part of this. Um, But they say that Partial and the other defendants began plotting their plan to create chaos as Nevada began to reopen. Uh, Their plans included uh, firebombing federal buildings, inciting violence, and saw the George Floyd-related protests as an opportunity to escalate their plans. Right. (sighs) So, so there's that. (laughs) I'm going to give us a little palate cleanser, and then we're going to step off into the third block of the cultural hall. This is amazing. We've had Brandon. We've had Brandon Flowers, who is the lead singer of the Cultural Hall, into the or not of the Cultural lead Hall. Of the Cultural Hall. The Killers. I wish. <laughs> I wish. Lead singer of the Killers into the Cultural Hall before. I'll link that in a previous or in the notes for this episode as well. If you want to hear that, it's short, but it's worth it. Um, the Land of the Free is a song that he had previously written, and uh, he has done a new version, um, in tribute partially. To George Floyd, and so I want to play just a little bit of that for you. And Kyle, I'm going to play this out, so take care of yourself. Be good. Okay, you too. Everybody else, be safe. Eight measured minutes and 46 seconds Another boy in the back Another stain on the flag We'll be back in the third block of the Cultural Hall with Nate Eaton from East Idaho News talking all about the Chad and Lori Daybell case. Hey, this is Dan, the Laptop Man from PC Laptops. Friends, I know a lot of you guys and girls are working from home. So here's some tips for making sure your computer is ready for working at home, because if your computer fails, it's going to be really hard to get it fixed because of dwindling supply and parts. But we have parts right now, and we have a limited supply of new computers available for you. Make sure your computer is healthy and virus and malware free. Hackers are trying to infect people and stealing their information during these challenging times. We'll scan the health of your computer for viruses and malware, plus scan your hard drive, memory, and components to make sure you don't have any failing parts. You want to make sure you have strong antivirus and malware protection software as well. Just get into any PC laptops and we'll check your hardware and your software and scan your computer for viruses for absolutely free. Just go to PCLaptops.com. At PC Laptops, we've been serving you for over 28 years, and we've got your back during these times of need. We're all in this together. So just go to PCLaptops.com, and we'll get you taken care of. Here in the third block of the Cultural Hall, you've been listening for the last several months 
as we've had Nate Eaton from the East Idaho News. Check out all the coverage that they're doing about this case on eastidahonews.com. Nate, it has been a whirlwind 96 hours, I would say, for you. Is that what it is? 72, 96? It's been a week. I, uh, I, I don't even know. I was on a run Tuesday morning around 6.30 and I got a text from a friend that said, I just drove by Chad Daybell's house and there's 15 to 20 cops there. And so I went to call some of my police sources and my phone is buzz, 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 buzz. <laughs> and that would start a day that I don't, I don't think I'll ever forget it. It went from serving a search warrant at 7 a.m. to Chad Daybell being arrested around 10 to human remains being found in the early afternoon mm. to these are the remains of children all within one day. And then since then, it's been uh, all sorts of crazy, sad, good developments because this is uh, at least there's some closure now that these kids have been found and we're not wondering years from now where they are, mm-hmm. but also very sad in the manner in which they were found outside Chad Daybell's back door, buried in his yard, in uh, one case, a particularly egregious manner, according to the prosecutor. We don't know what that means. That will be forthcoming. But yeah, kind of a kind of a sad, the, the sheriff described it as a wonderfully sad circumstance. The fact that they know where the kids are now, but they obviously were not alive. It's worth bringing everybody up to speed if they're unfamiliar with this case. We've certainly had you on uh, the, the cultural hall before talking about it in like 30, 45 seconds, which isn't nearly enough time. Set the stage for what happened before Tuesday morning. Well, this all started back in December when these two kids vanished, a brother and a sister. Police put out the word and then their parents vanished too. Uh, They were found in Hawaii about a month later with no concern, it seemed, for the kids. And then once they were found, once new information was learned, we learned that uh, Lori Vallow had been married four times before and her previous husband had been shot and killed by her brother. And then her brother died. Meanwhile, Chad Daybell's wife had died suspiciously in her sleep. So both of them had spouses who died under suspicious circumstances within the previous months. And then the kids disappeared. And then the parents disappeared and were found in Hawaii. And then we learn all about these extreme, bizarre religious beliefs and teachings that Chad is apparently sharing with Lori and others and uh, people turning into zombies, dark spirits, light spirits, all sorts of of crazy stuff. Uh, And then it led to the children being discovered this week and now Chad Daybell being locked up on a million dollars bail. Which, if you haven't haven't followed the the case, certainly East Idaho News and the uh, stuff that you and your team have been doing, Nate, that's the great first resource. If you want Nate's words telling and speaking about it, uh, we've had him on Articles of News in the past and you can be able to to hear him sort of talk us through it. We don't, I always feel bad when I'm like, catch everyone up. And you're like, well, and then it, you know, what ends up is, is this long story. So, so as we, as we look at, as the, uh, the search warrant was able to occur, do we know what it was that led that to, to be able to happen? They had in fact searched that property before. Yeah, in January, they got a search warrant and that search warrant, they're, they're very specific. You don't just want the police showing up and digging up your yard. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they have to have probable cause or reason. And so that search warrant mainly focused on the house and the, the front side yard area. Uh, they live on a big property. And so when police went in January, they seized a bunch of electronic devices, I believe some journals, things like that. They didn't really focus on the yard. Plus there was snow in the yard. The ground was frozen. It wasn't anything there. Something happened within the past week that allowed police to tie a bunch of little clues together. And that led to Tuesday morning. And the interesting thing is that they went straight to the yard behind the the back, the backyard area. And they put down some orange or pink tape. They plotted out a four square grid. We were able to get a helicopter in the air and go over the scene. And I noticed right away they had blue tarps and blue canopies up. Mm-hmm. And within two or three hours, they found the first body. I mean, that that tells me they knew exactly where to look. And then they found the second body. And if you were to drive by the house today, you would look in the yard and it would look completely normal. Mm. It was as if there's not holes all over the place. Police must have known exactly where to go and to go on that specific date in that specific area shows that they received a big clue pretty recently. I don't think they would have waited on this information if they knew it months ago. Do, do we know what the something is? We don't have any idea. 
No, not right now. I imagine that will be revealed in court documents. The case has been sealed right now, but I think once they unseal it, and that, that could come as early as you know the next few days, or it might be in a couple of, of, of weeks, uh, I think that will detail what led them, what they learned, and how they got out there. But the charges that are uh, against Chad are not charges of, of murder or of anything like that. That isn't what is keeping him imprisoned at this point. You know, the charge right now is concealment or destruction of evidence. There's two charges, one for each of the bodies. And that is, I, I don't, that, that charge may hold, but obviously additional charges will likely come against him and probably Lori mm -hmm. as well. Police needed something to arrest him that day. And I think once the autopsies are finalized and they're able to determine how these children died, then the investigators need to decide who did what, who was involved in this. And that's when they could potentially hit him with stronger charges. It is telling, though, that on those two charges that carry a maximum of five years each, the bond is set at a million dollars. So that shows the gravity of the situation and the fact that the judge was was serious that, you know, this this is just the beginning for Chad Daybell. Lori has not been charged in connection to the latest discovery. She's currently charged with deserting her children. But now that the children have been found, I don't know if that charge will hold. I could see them flipping that into a stronger charge. And the case that they've been going after so far kind of goes away and this elevates it up. At what point were the children finally identified? I know that it, it sort of evolved, as you said, right? They went to the house and people were reporting that there were policemen at Chad's house. And then now they're issuing a search warrant and then we see the view from the helicopter and then it was one body's remains, then it was multiple and then it was confirmed that it was two. And then we hear from, I think it was grandpa that, that said it is a tragic end to this, this whole thing. Has it been medically confirmed by the, the Emmy or anyone else? Uh, no, as of now, it has not. Uh, the police, the officials have uh, uh, confirmed on the record that it was two sets of remains. And they are obviously in touch with the family more than they are giving media statements in many cases. So uh, the family has reported that the remains were those of JJ and Tylee. We're just awaiting on official words. I know the autopsies uh, are being taken place in Boise, mm -hmm. Idaho. And I know that they have obtained dental records of the children to, to compare the remains to. So perhaps by the time this airs, they will have officially identified him. Mm -hmm. but, but as of now, they haven't. I, I tell you what, though, if it's not the kids, this story takes a completely bizarre turn that mm. no one would have expected anyway. But I, I'm, I'm pretty confident to say that it is indeed the children. And there are still so many other elements. <laughs> Lest us not yeah. forget. There is the uh, autopsy of Tammy Daybell, who they had to exhume and then examine her cause of death. Do we know the the answer on that yet? No, we're waiting on that. I would imagine that will be coming soon. That's kind of the one element in this multifaceted case that hasn't been answered. Uh, and once those autopsy results come back, Chad could face additional charges with her. And also the stuff down in Arizona, Charles Vallow, Lori's previous husband, was shot and killed by her brother. He said in self-defense, he's now dead. But police haven't closed those cases. I mean, it's, it's possible that if Chad and Lori were potentially connected to that death, which Lori's best friend says that she heard Chad say Charles had turned into a zombie and Alex was called over to help, so there could be a tie there to that death. And then her brother died of a, of a blood clot in the lung back in December. We've talked with several experts. They say there's no way you can force someone to have a blood clot. But police have made a note to say that that case is still open. So there's still these open cases all over the place. The nice thing about the children, though, is that we do know where they're at. We do know they're found and we don't have to talk about this again as far as where they could be. It's an interesting sort of a closure on the one hand and then just grisly reality on the other. You live in this community. What what does it mean for the community to have all this going on and to, and to have this latest news come out? Well, where this, where Chad Daybell lived, it's a little place outside of Rexburg called Salem. I mean, this is a farming community. This is a not a rural area. Rexburg isn't, isn't, or it is a rural area. It's not real Yeah, popular. Rexburg is no metropolis, that's for no, sure. No, no. And, and so, and, and no one really, people knew the Daybells, but no one knew these kids. They moved up here September and then they were gone within two or three weeks. So mm -hmm. no one knew them, but it is as if this cloud 
has hovered over the area the past week. Mm. I think most people assumed the kids were no longer alive. Nobody that I know of assumed that they were buried allegedly in Chad Daybell's backyard and that every day he was walking out the back door and the kids were just yards away. I mean, that 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 is gruesome. And I think any parent w- would wonder that. And, you know, I was at the at the house all day yesterday and people as far as Pocatello drove up just to drive by just to to see it. And then they were putting flowers along the fence and mm. signs up and balloons and teddy bears. And one woman drove up and, and she was crying and she had chat one of Chad Daybell's books. And she said, I'm going to burn it. I don't want this anymore. I'm going, mm. I'm going to burn it. And so it, it's a, it's a, it's kind of gripped the nation, but especially when it's this close to home, they've already held a, a somewhat of a vigil. There's another vigil tonight. I think people want to do something. They're not quite sure what to do though. And, and, and this is a way that can help people cope with their grief. I, I have a feeling once these court documents are unsealed though, that there's going to be a lot more disturbing details that we learn about how these kids were disposed of and, and what happened, you know, in the moments leading up to their death. Is there an organized call out of what people can do if they want to help, whether it's for burial costs or anything like that, that either the family or the community is saying, if you want to help go here, or is it just, well, we all don't know and are kind of doing the best we can? You know, as of now, there's nothing organized. There, There is a vigil tonight that people can come. The family hasn't said if they need financial help or anything. And and the remains are still in, in custody of the state. Once the state does release those remains, then, you know, they, they JJ and Tylee were brother and sister, but they have different sets of grandparents and, and um, relatives. And so I'm not sure as far as funeral arrangements or anything like that. The grandparents of JJ, who have kind of been the face from the beginning of this, they're in town. They haven't done any media interviews other than a few quick comments here and there. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be at the vigil tonight, but they they haven't said anything as far as, you know, services or, or things like that. It's a, it's a fascinating story as the <laughs> events continue to unroll, some just gruesome, some peaceful, um, and hopefully there is the resolution and we can really find out what happened. The next things to happen, I listened to the live press conference where it seemed like it was three people trying to coordinate a luncheon as they tried to schedule the hearing for Chad Daybell. Oh, does the first work? Well, actually, I'm going to be on a vacation and went back and forth. It's it's court for Chad. And then about a week or so later is Lori. What else are we looking forward to in the nearish future? Well, there'll be those hearings. Lori's hearing is now, if they hit her with harder charges, that that hearing could be postponed or canceled. You know, every inmate has rights to have a hearing within X amount of days. So they have to give the inmates their rights, but they also have to be prepared for whatever's coming. Those will be the big dates to watch. There'll also be hopefully some news on Tammy's autopsy, Mm -hmm. which if that happens, there could be additional dates and charges. It's interesting. I, I thought about it the other day that, you know, Chad and Tammy or Chad and Lori were infatuated with each other, loved each other, spent every moment together. And even after she was arrested, we know that Chad would call her for hours and chat like we are on a video chat system that they have in the jail and spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars chatting like this. Hmm. But for the first time in two years yesterday, they didn't talk. Hmm. They didn't talk. And he was the only one talking to her that we know of from the outside world, occasionally other family members. And we know that he probably wasn't being 100% honest with her about what was happening on the outside world. Mm -hmm. And now that he is not communicating with her, they're not allowed to talk. Inmates aren't allowed to talk Mm -hmm. uh, with each other. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how, if the stories change, if one of them decides to give information to the investigators about the other, because they don't know what each other are saying through their different attorneys. So that that will be really compelling. It's possible that neither one of them flips, so to say, or caves, mm-hmm. that they just maintain their same story up until the end. Uh, and so so I, I think that, you know, this is far, far from over. And I hope that you'll come back in the cultural hall, keep us updated. When I mentioned the first, that's the first of July, that's uh, Chad's court appearance. And then the ninth, I think, is when it's scheduled for Lori at this point, obviously subject to change. And uh, should any of the uh, autopsy reports come back, maybe we'll try and sneak you in another articles of news. And then there's the whole other part of this, the religious implications and motivations and all that. And we didn't even get close to that. 
that may have to be an entire episode of itself in the future. Uh, Nate, I hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body and that if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week and that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. Check out Nate's reporting at eastidahonews.com. In the meantime, I'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Hall. Father in heaven, hear our plea. Father in heaven, help us see How to lose our hatred and your favor How to break these cycles and change our nature That we may walk underneath your banner In the land of the free